Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Going to be a very important conversation today. I believe very, very strongly that humans are absolute messes and we make messes of things and we are just imperfect and mm-hmm. we have all kinds of emotional flaws and struggles. And uh, we, I, I long have suspected that we are the cause of our own problems most of the time. Today's conversation is going to shed a lot of light on this and, and help us uh, with some ideas and some thoughts and some guidelines on how we can get control of our emotions, which cause us a lot of trouble. I'm looking forward to this conversation. We're joined today by Mark Youngblood. He is the founder and CEO of Intermastery Inc. and the author of a new book, which we're here to talk about called Dear Human, Master Your Emotions. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd. I sure appreciate it. I've been looking forward to talking with you for a while. Me as well. I'm grateful for your time. I know you're awfully busy launching this uh, this great book, so grateful for you swinging by. Uh, Mark, before we get into the book, Take a, a quick minute and tell us a bit about you, your background, and the work that you're doing with Intermastery, Inc. I've been doing executive coaching at the CEO level and, and the three levels below that for almost 20 years now. And it's it's the work that's in this book, actually, because uh, it's a different kind of executive coaching that, that focuses on the idea that you have to be a great human being in order to be a great leader. And, and so we do a lot of work with how you're showing up and how you think and how you behave. And, and that leads to really big shifts. And, you know, in terms of background, I, I, it's an interesting journey, but I started as a CPA and went through all sorts of shenanigans of consulting and being an executive myself until I fell in love with helping people learn how to be better people. And uh, and that's why I do what I do. It's the thing I'm committed to in my life. And and where I'm going with it, which is interesting, is to now offer it to the public. That's that's what's behind writing this book. Is these are really powerful, easy to understand ideas and tools that truly transform a life for the better. And I want to get it out there in the book. I'm talking to you to help people get some ideas from this interview from. Others like it from a YouTube channel, from an online learning community I'm building next year that will be a whole new line of business to introduce people to online training to, to really uh, be able to gain the mastery that you just described, the emotional mastery. Outstanding. So let me ask this question. I, I ask some variant of this question to most of my guests because most of them have written a book on a topic that if you were to go to Amazon and search in, say, I want to make have a better life or I want to deal with my emotional issues or I want to just live happier and be better, there's countless titles that, that might offer an idea or a formula or a strategy and how to do that. Why did the world need yet another book here? Why, why did Mark Youngblood have had to put this book out with, with your particular message? Well, there may be gazillions of books, and we still have a society that 
profoundly struggles to handle their emotions. And it's the way you set it up, Todd, at the beginning of this interview is exactly right. I mean, you look at the headlines everywhere. You look at people's lives, whether it's trying to have a happy marriage, whether it's trying to be a great parent or a great leader or a great colleague or to navigate the challenges that this modern life throws at us with all the pressures and stress and busyness. We're not doing a good job. And, and the way we know that is that there's lots of strife and lots of suffering. And a lot of what we look at as dysfunction in society like addictions and drama, which is anytime people act out in destructive ways, is because they're not handling those emotions well. I happen to have a particular approach to it, Todd, that, that really gets to the heart of your question that's different than almost anything else you're going to read out there. And, and it builds on this. Think of an emotion that you have. Frustration is a real common emotion in today's society. When frustration shows up, you don't pick it. It just shows up. And you go along for the ride. It's not like something happens. You go, am I going to be frustrated? Am I going to be angry? Is it going to be impatience? What's it going to be? It doesn't happen like that. You just become frustrated. And, and you have a hard time not being frustrated, which means you're not in charge of it. Who is? So I introduced the notion that you have a pilot and an autopilot. You actually have two minds. And the pilot is your conscious mind. It's the mind that makes New Year's resolutions. And your autopilot is the subconscious. And it's the one that breaks those New, <laughs> New Year's resolutions. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's also the part that runs all of your emotional reactions. And, and Todd, we started building those when we were two and three and four years old. And a lot of our reactions are still driven by that original programming. So if you really want to change your behaviors, you have to have a relationship with a deeper level of mind. You, you have to understand you have an autopilot. You have to understand that it takes over. And unless you can get back in the driver's seat, it's going to run your life. And it does run most people's lives. They're a victim of their own subconscious. And, but it doesn't have to be that way because there's really powerful, simple tools for engaging your subconscious and, and even reprogramming it. Well, see, I think the key thing you said there is we feel some sort of emotion. One example you just stated was frustration. And what most of us do is we, quote, as you said, go along for the ride. And I think that's how most people think they have to go through life. Well, you know, this is the lot that I've been dealt. This is the hand that I've been dealt. I have to, this is the way things are. This is how culture dictates. This is what society expects. Uh, I just have, I have to run with this and just deal with it. And I, I, I worry that it's almost so cliche now to say you have the power within you to to control and 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 take charge of your life. And and I think everyone hears that, and I think ninety nine percent of people out there don't buy it. They don't believe it. They don't think it's possible. I mean, is is it that simple to say? Yeah, you know, actually you do. And that's his idea. I want to explore further. Obviously, is pilot versus the autopilot. I think most yeah. of us are an autopilot. But it, 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 that cliche is, I mean, it's true, right? I mean, we do have the power. Well, Todd, you know, you put your finger on a really important conversation. Because, yes, we do have the power, but it is also a source of that skepticism and even cynicism that you are pointing at. Because unless you understand what that means and how to go about it, about claiming that power, then 
then it just feels like another frustrating thing that you ought to be able to do that you can't do. And and that's why the book is even named Dear Human, Master Your Emotions, The Dear Human. It's like we're born with all these emotions and no user guide. And we've been trying to figure out for the whole of human history, our emotions, and we still haven't done a very good job of it. And I wrote this book to give people a user guide so that you do understand it. And if you understand that all emotions are assets, that there's not such a thing as a negative emotion, there's only emotions that you act out in a negative way or that you fail to process in a healthy and effective way. And so, yes, you can control your thoughts once you have the ability to put yourself back in the pilot seat. And that's the key. And I, in the book, I actually share one of a really powerful techniques. It's called the max the moment technique. And Todd, when we need to be able to maximize any particular moment is when the stakes are high. It's when it's supercharged. It's emotionally charged. That's when we need to hold it together and really show up powerfully. And that's when most people lose it. And so max the moment is the idea that you maximize that moment. And it requires three steps. You have to recognize that you're triggered, which many people actually aren't aware they're actually triggered. Then you have to understand what's really going on here. What's my story about this? And then the final step is to let shift out of the conversation that something's wrong here and I need to act against it to what am I committed to? What kind of positive outcome do I want to create? And that's an example. If you have a process that enables you to put yourself back in the driver's seat, then you have a lot more power with regard to your internal experience. That's what I call mastery. You're not controlling it. You are skillful. And that's what mastery is, is skillfulness. You are skillful in being able to manage what's happening inside you in a healthy way. What role does self-reflection and, and self-awareness and self-discovery. I mean, you talk about these triggers. Yeah. Most people aren't aware of the things that trigger these emotional <laughs> responses that they have that they just think, well, this is just how I'm wired. I'm going to respond yeah. this way. And, and they don't realize that they have the ability to, to understand that they can respond differently. They can yeah. choose that. They don't. And as you said, they don't understand the things that are actually triggering these emotions. Yes. I, I mean, I, I think, I think the biggest weakness in most human beings is a lack of self-reflection. They don't sit down and actually think about these things and try to understand it. They just say, all right, well, this is the way it is, and I'm going to have to just deal with this. How, how important is that? And how do you, I mean, that's, it's easier said than done. Two guys can chat on a podcast interview and say, hey, you need to be more self-aware. Yeah. Okay, good. Boom. Not that easy. It's hard. And, yeah. and the whole point is, of all of this is that this is a lifelong process. You're never going to be... Yeah, I think you're, you can master this, but I think that seeking that mastery is a lifelong endeavor, and that's, that should be looked upon as a good thing. And that, that, this, the mere process, the discipline of trying to do that, I think, is, is, is well worth it. And, right? I mean, so talk about this idea of, of self-reflection and self-discovery and the role that being aware, just simply aware of these things can, can change the game. Uh, you bet. And it's, it's really a requirement. And people are not going to change unless they have a reason to change. And in my experience, you know, through all the years of consulting and executive coaching that I've done, is there's two basic reasons people change. They change because they have a vision of who they want to be 
and they have to change to be that person. Or they're in pain and they want the pain to go away. So you ha- if you have enough motivation, then you'll have a reason to, to take the time to go do something that is new and uncomfortable, like looking within and and doing strange things like having a conversation with yourself and, and literally looking within and talking with the part of you that is in reaction and asking what the heck's going on here, which is exactly what you do. Now, there are some people that really enjoy it. I happen to be one of the people that really enjoys an inner life. I like exploring what's going on in there. But there's a lot of people that, you know, I just want to do that enough until I can get my life the way I want it to be. And that's fine. However, if you want your life different, you have to look within. You have to understand what's creating it. And inner mastery is built on the idea that we create our lives from the inside out, literally create our lives from the inside out. Because everything begins with a thought. Everything that's ever been created, everything that's ever happened has begun with a thought. And that thought then triggers emotions, which then can also trigger more thoughts. And the combination of those lead to the behaviors that you do. And so if you need, if you want new behaviors, if you want to feel differently, you have to understand where are these thoughts coming from. And they're coming from inside of you. And that's the self-reflection, Todd, that you're talking about, is just asking questions. People, people have the experience of knowing they have voices. They know that they have different parts of themselves. Todd, wouldn't you agree with that? I would. Yeah, and, and that they debate. They, you know, these parts argue with each other and you feel torn because this voice wants you to do this and this voice wants you to do that. Well, that's right. You know, when I talk about two minds, you've got a pilot, which is one thing, and you've got an autopilot, which is hundreds of voices. There are hundreds of parts of you. And, and you know, Technically, they're neural networks in your brain, but we want to anthropomorphize those and turn them in, into human, into humans and say, actually, I've got a part of me. There's a part of me that's, that's angry Bob, and I got another part of me right. that's frustrated Frank, and another one that's uh, hopeful Henry. And, and the work to engage your subconscious is to actually be able to learn how to talk with the parts of you that are triggered, because you actually can do that and create tremendous shifts in, in a minute or less. Mm. I have 50 questions I want to ask right now, but we have to go to break. So Mark Youngblood and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. Think Next, Act Now is an entrepreneurial movement. It is a teaching platform, a coaching forum that emphasizes action. And the link between thought and action makes a difference in the outcome you determine or the result that's determined for you. When you see, seize, and create opportunity for yourself, you take a big step toward becoming recession-proof and changing your life. If you are determined to make a change in your life, Think Next, Act Now will provide the essential toolkit to move your life forward. Only realized potential caches the check of reality. Now is the time to realize your potential. Think next, act now, and go always forward. To learn more, go to BillWoodich.com. That's BillWoodich.com. All right, I'm back with Mark Youngblood, author of the new book called Dear Human, Master Your Emotions. So as I said right before the break, Mark, I have a, a thousand directions I want to take this conversation. <laughs> I, 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 I want to pursue them all. You, you said one thing that, 
the top half of the show that I, I want to explore a little bit further is when it comes to change and, and people only change if they have a reason to, I mean, they have to have this vision of who they want to be. I worry that most people don't have that vision. They don't understand that they can actually have the ability to craft that and then pursue that. Can you speak on that a little bit? And I guess this is an impossible question to ask you on a short interview like this, but but how do you begin to, to craft that vision? Because that's all part of what we've been talking about in this self-reflection. Is in yeah. the, But talk about that a little bit. Todd, I, I in my experience, I, I really believe in the basic goodness of human beings. And there's certainly a, a tiny proportion of human beings that, that maybe don't operate with that as their basic way of functioning. But in my experience, everybody wants to be a good human being. And almost everyone I talk with is aware that they could, they can be better than they are. And they know what that looks like. They know what it looks like in the specifics of their life. Like, they want to feel closer to their husband or wife. They, they want to be able to talk through their differences without it becoming an argument that, that makes them feel bad about each other, you know, that may go on for days, weeks, and sometimes months. They want to be a better parent. They want to not lose it when their child does the same thing you've told them not to do for the hundredth time and yell at them or act out in ways that you go to bed regretting at the end of the evening. They know what being a better parent looks like. They know what being a better partner looks like. Most people know what being a better teammate and colleague looks like. And most people really want it. I think they don't know how a lot of times. Yeah. And they think it's overwhelming. It's like you said, is it destiny? So many people go, well, it's just the way I'm wired. And I go, no, it isn't. It was learned. You know, think about it this way, Todd. Go look at infants and babies. They don't have any issues. <laughs> right, right. They're not sitting around thinking there's something wrong with them. They're less than. They have something to prove. They never have a bad hair day. <laughs> they, they never look up and go, oh, dear God, did I just poop in my pants? Oh, what am I going to do now? Right. You know. They don't care if they smear stuff on their face. Babies don't have issues. You have to be taught to have issues. Well, if you were taught something, if you were taught to be wounded, if you were taught to react, then you can be taught to not react. And the, the brain is a program. It's a, a whole set of programs is what it is. And when you know the programming language, which is a visualization, you can go rewrite it. I will say personally, you know, in my own journey, Todd, I, I was a mess. I had a very, aspects of my childhood were really difficult in a fairly abusive alcohol, alcoholic household. And I was a mess as a young adult. And, and a lot of what I do is because I wanted to turn my own life around. And I had to learn how to do it. And I had to do my own healing and learn these tools. And then I was motivated, like so many healers, to offer them out to the world. And the tools that I use, they're not like therapy where you sit on a couch and, you know, you go for X period of time, which is a perfectly legitimate approach to it. They act with the actual programming structure of the mind. So we programmed it in, in a certain way. And using a visualization, you can go engage that part of the mind and rewrite the program in as little as sometimes within a minute, sometimes within 10 minutes. Rarely does a change technique take more than an hour. And we're talking about changing things that you've lived with your whole life. 
I know this to be true from my own life because I've used it to become a profoundly different person. And I've used it with every client, both life coaching and executive coaching, and taught them the tools and they can use them on themselves. It's, you know, this these technologies have been around for nearly 75 years now. So it's not weird, it's not special, it's visualizations. And they work with classical conditioning. Todd, you recall the Pavlov's dog? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how they rang a bell and fed the dog and rang the bell and fed the dog. And after a while, if you rang the bell, the dog would salivate because it associated. It's an association. The brain is full of these associations or what I call triggers. It's why when someone smiles, you smile back without thinking about it. You're triggered to feel good when someone smiles at you. That's a positive trigger. But you have tons of, of triggers that cause painful emotions. And those you want to rewrite so that you don't have the painful emotion. And then the same stimulus shows up. Let's take one that many people can relate to is imagine trying to talk to someone and they roll their eyes at you. (laughs) Mm, Now, don't most people go, wow, you just dissed me and get angry about it and feel, you know, that they were rude. Well, you just gave your power away. You just let that person determine what your internal experience was going to be. But if you took the trigger out where someone rolls their eyes and, and you don't have any response at all, they're just rolling their eyes, you have a level of peace now and you have the ability to be powerful in a way that didn't exist before. And that's simply a little program. Yeah, yeah. One of the simplest ways to do this is something I call a power phrase. And Todd, I bet you have your own. And a power phrase is, a, is what you call a punch reframe where in one simple phrase, you immediately shift your mindset. Like you've heard, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you've, you've heard lots of others like, it's not worth it, or let go and let God. There's, there's I've got a, yeah, I've documented about 75 so far that are kind of common, useful power phrases. Some of the ones I use with my clients is don't take the monkey. When someone walks up to you and wants wants to get you into their emotional circus, don't you think you think to yourself, "I'm not taking the monkey." Yep. And in that second, you unhook yourself. It just takes that long. That's that's an example of the kind of simple tools that are available to you. Well, I, it'd be fun to just have a conversation about all these power phrases uh, because we all we all have them and we all don't. Well, most of us don't use them. I mean, yes, and, right. and you just rattle off a couple of examples, and I think everyone listening could say, "Oh, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I could, I, I could see words uttering that to myself and, and believing it, which I guess is the really important thing there, can change your whole mindset and something. We we've talked about two things in this conversation. The emotions that, that are triggered, and we talked about triggers and, and how yeah. things are triggered. So these emotions that we feel. And then the other thing was these voices that we hear in our heads. And I think yeah. most people think, oh, wait a minute, I, I, I probably shouldn't get all emotional about these kinds of things. I probably shouldn't be hearing all these voices in my head. <laughs> but I think the, I think one of the key messages of what you're trying to say here is that no, 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 no. The voices are good. Yes. The, the key is to actually listen to them and yeah. then either take action on it or, or to ignore them or to say no 
no, mm-hmm. no, I'm not listening to this voice. And then the emotions, yeah, positive emotions are extraordinarily powerful if you know how to pull them out and leverage them, right? I mean, so talk about how most of us look at these two things as negatives, but when in fact they can become extremely powerful. Right. And and let's go back to the notion that there's no negative emotions because we want, we want to have a relationship where emotions are assets. They show up. We know what to do with them. And we... We let them go and process out and instead of avoiding them and suppressing them and numbing them, which is what leads to all the dysfunction that I was talking about earlier. You can pick any emotion. Let's take anger. You know, most people would say anger is a negative emotion, that it causes problems. Well, it's actually the acting out of emotion of anger in a way where you go from using it the way it's designed to an act of aggression. And it's the acting it out in an aggressive way that becomes the issue. So if anger comes up, anger, all emotions are messengers. They show up, they tap you on the shoulder or grab you in a bear hug, depending on the emotion. Right. And they say to you, here's some energy and here's some information. Now use it. And and like anger has a real energizing. It brings it up. It's, a, it's an activating energy. And its message is someone crossed a boundary with you that isn't okay with you, hold your boundary. Stand up for yourself. Grief has the opposite kind of energy. It has a suppressing energy. It says, slow down. Stop. You've experienced a loss. Sit with it. Acknowledge it's gone and be with it so you can let it go and move on with your life. Very different energies and very different messages. But if you know what the messages are, you don't have to be afraid of these emotions. Once a messenger delivers the message, it goes away. And these waves of emotion, if they come up, you write them up and they go on by, then that's how they were supposed to work. If they come up and you hang on to it and you don't let it go, now you've got a problem. <laughs> yep, yep. Because you've got all this unprocessed energy and where's it going to go? It's going to go into poor health. It's going to go into alcoholism and other addictions. It's going to go into being vomited out on someone else on some completely unrelated issue because you just reach a point where it blows up. It turns into chronic stress. It's all the things that are making, that are eroding society today. It actually changes your brain chemistry in a way that puts you in nearly fight or flight all the time. And, and so, it helps you in every possible way to master these emotions by understanding them, handling them in a really healthy way. Your health gets better. Your relationships get better. You feel better. Life is more rewarding. You you feel more fulfilled. You're able to perform better at work. What's not to like? <laughs> well, the point is we're we're humans. We're going to have emotions. We're going to yes. get angry at something. We're yes. going to feel grief at yes. the loss of something. That's okay. It's That's not wrong right. to feel these emotions. That The point yes. of what you're talking about, your message is, it's how you respond to these. It's how you deal with them. And if you don't deal with them, you are going to become an alcoholic and and, yes. and beat someone. I mean, that's 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 how those things exist because people are just not handling emotions. So don't feel guilty about feeling emotional about things. I mean, no. I, frankly, I would be afraid if you weren't. 
if, if you know, if someone walked up to you and, and smacked you upside the head, I wouldn't want you to just laugh and say, hey, that was a really great stroke. You know, I mean, I would be angry about it, right? But then but then understand why it happened and deal with it. And, and the key is to deal with it. And with grief, yeah. the most important lesson I've learned in my life is that when I feel grief, let it happen. I mean, it's okay. To feel, that there's a reason why you're feeling grief. Right. And you emotionally need to deal with that, you know. But but yeah. the key here is most people let let this stuff linger, right? Oh, you put you know you've really put your fingers so squarely on what I think one of the most important messages from this book is that you can't not be emotional. You're emotional every day, every minute. Emotions are chemicals. You're always in some sort of emotion. What is it? What emotion are you in? And you don't have to be a victim of them. They're there to help you use them in a healthy way, like you were saying, and and also take charge of your thoughts. Your thoughts are what's triggering it. So let, you, let's explore that a minute if you're okay with that. Absolutely. Because this is one of the most powerful things you do to manage whether you're going to have a reaction or not. If you didn't think something was wrong, you wouldn't be reacting to it. Right. Well, the reason you thought it was wrong is the story you have about it. And you have 100% power to change your stories. That's what it means to create your reality. That's what it means that you can be in charge of what you're going to think and what you're going to feel. The interpretation, what did it mean? I, I was just hearing a woman earlier today on a call talking about a coworker. And this is the way she described that coworker. He's a bully. And he, he, he really just runs over people to get what he wants. Now, that's a story. It's an interpretation of a behavior which you could see on a videotape and giving it a label and deciding it's a wrong thing to be and being upset about it. She didn't have to see it that way. She could label it as he's assertive and I'm not comfortable with assertive people. So it makes me emotional. It makes me anxious. And and I'm just I'm just trying to deal with my anxiety about that completely different story. It could be that, you know what? I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's got someone in his family who is really ill. And so because they're really ill, he doesn't know how to handle it. And he's acting out right now. We don't know. And when we change the stories, we change what happens within us. The feeling is completely different when we change our stories. And, and we generally make up what I call villain stories. That when someone does something that makes me experience a painful emotion, then they're wrong. And I make them wrong by by painting them as a villain. I call them a bully. I call them abuser. I call them rude, insensitive, uncaring, lazy. All of these things that I label out there are just a way for me to avoid the fact that I'm feeling something that I'm really uncomfortable with. And so I, I'm, I'm making up a story that is going to inflame those feelings and make them even worse. And it's also going to now start to damage relationships and to damage my ability to function well. Well, boy, could we talk for hours about how <laughs> in, a, in a corporate work environment when we're dealing with these internal office politics and someone wrongs us and we label them the villain and yeah. how we wonder why we're so stressed and why we hate Monday mornings and we can't wait for 5 p.m. Friday. Uh, it's because this is exactly what we're doing. It's it's fascinating. In fact, we might have to reconnect down the road a bit and dive into that because applying these lessons to your life is one thing. Applying them to very specific nuances that, like, say, in the workplace, 
yes. where these same phenomena are occurring there, which is why most of us hate work, is because <laughs> we're we're just dealing with our emotions wrong. I mean, we're we're yes. we're just right. labeling everyone villains. I mean, I, I've made a personal shift. This is a silly example, but it, I think it somewhat illustrates what you're talking yeah. about here. Is is I travel a lot on business, and and for most of my life, I've been so agitated and frustrated by how stupid. Most human beings are when they travel and the silly things they do and that that annoy that have annoyed me for so many years in terms of how they get on a plane wrong and how they block the aisleways and trains and I mean I, but then I made this decision to stop. Then I would always go on social media and complain about it and just vent. <laughs> well, then, but then I got tired of hearing everyone else complain about all this stuff, and so I made the decision. All right, well, I'm going to stop being negative on social media. Done. I, I can only be positive, and so. Now I can look at these situations and say, oh, it's just amusing and fun to watch all these goofy people and the silly things they do on an airplane. And it just changes my whole attitude and I laugh about it versus being yeah. so angry and bitter. And I think that's one silly yeah. small example of what you're talking about here. Well, Mark, we could. there's so much more to go into. We, we might have to reconnect and, and continue right. to explore some of these things. Uh, but unfortunately for today, we're about out of time. So for now, should anyone have any questions on any of this, how can they contact you? Where can they learn about the work you're doing at Inner Mastery, Inc.? And most importantly, where can they get their hands on a copy of Dear Human, Master Your Emotions? My website is myinnermastery.com, M-Y-I-N-N-E-R, mastery, M-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. And you can go there and there's a page for the book and you can learn about it. There's there's free resources to get there, including a chapter of the book. And I have a YouTube channel, Inner Mastery YouTube channel, where I do videos to share the same material and how do you transform your life. You can find the book. It's available right now for, for pre-sale at Amazon, at barnesandnoble.com, at booksamillion.com, org. And so lots of places to find it. My goal is to help people change their lives for the better. And and there's a lot of resources that I'm putting out there just for free for people to, to get started on that. All right. Mark Youngblood, founder and CEO of Inner Mastery, Inc., and the author of the new book, Dear Human, Master Your Emotions. Mark, a real pleasure to have you. Thanks kindly for stopping by and joining us. It has been my pleasure, Todd. What a what a great time. Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate uh, you swinging by. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Mark Youngblood, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you again soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to IntrepidMailingList.com. That's IntrepidMailingList.com and sign up. You can also find us at Intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.